Hey, all right, it's Tim Crispin. You're listening to Road to the Skeleton Coast with Brendan Kelly. Brendan, what's going on, Bubba? How are you? I'm good, man. Um, it's my daughter's 11th birthday tomorrow. Amazing. And um, I got her. My wife, as I think is like normal for um, sort of like cishet couples, like my wife did kind of most of the work, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but mm-hmm. I did. Um, I bought her one thing that I saw um, a few months ago that I was like, oh, my daughter would love that. And my wife was like, that's too expensive. And then she walked away and I was like, fuck her, I'm buying this. (laughs) Uh, And it's a Stouffer's complete macaroni and cheese sweatsuit like 360 degrees it's oh just it's like God. and it's like that's my daughter's favorite food is macaroni and cheese yeah um and it, like she's not going to be like oh this is stouffer's not Velveeta shells like it, it looks the same so it's fine and then uh <laughs> and then i got her a, a hoodie from another a show she likes to watch and my wife uh, in true rock star fashion got her like rainbow knee pads and elbow pads and some new roller skates and uh when she uh she gets old enough she can join the roller derby maybe start up a Stouffer's macaroni and cheese sponsored <laughs> roller derby team well she did announce that she was a lesbian and then she announced that she was pansexual. So she's on her way to the roller derby. <laughs> <laughs> well, my dude, I got to say, I'm excited to talk to you this week about a branch of your life that is so wild and so interesting to me. And to all of our listeners who have rated and subscribed to this podcast and told their friends about it, Nihilist Arby's. Correct, man. Yeah. Um, what a thing. Right? Like, uh, Truly. Who would have thunk? <laughs> I'd say, before we get into it, remind yes. everybody about our Patreon, patreon.com slash better sandwich where we like to hang out we like to hang out with uh some of your famous friends some yeah of tim crisp friends. uh yeah. my one of my famous friends that i like to hang out with um <laughs> more recently we've hung out with uh tim crisp uh <laughs> tim crisp uh mikey erg tim crisp uh danny there are people that have like bangs, but uh, not in the last few <laughs> months. Well, we've been uh, switching formats up a little bit. We've been going and, and talking about some Simpsons. And I know we got another conversation on the docket that I'm really excited to have exclusively for our patrons. Ooh. Well, I, if I remembered what that was, I'd be excited too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you off air. Ooh. Or I could tell you to sign up at patreon.com slash better sandwich. It's only seven bucks a month. Yeah, it's 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 the cheapest, cheapest thrill you can get in this day and age. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Surely. please, please sign up for the Patreon. It's um it's it's fun over there. And um, we try to give you guys good content and you'll enjoy it. I promise. All right. So Nihilist Arby's. How? When? I mean, this is this comes at a time when you're you've got one foot in the music game and one foot kind of out. Yeah. Um, so I was God. I mean, the story it never stops being fucking funny to me, um, <laughs> which is kind of why I still do it. Um, uh, I'm working at this advertising agency in Chicago called FCB. We're in the middle of the Hancock building, which Mm -hmm. is like, for those of you out there who don't know, the Hancock building 
it's the one that you think is the Sears Tower. It's the completely trapezoidal one with the X's going all the way down it. Mm -hmm. And it is the building um, my friend Heather, not Al Country Heather, a Heather I went to grade school with, used to live in, and she used to sell Chris Farley weed. And she called my friend Carrie, who used to sell her weed, <laughs> to tell him that Chris Farley died like before it was even on the news. Oh shit! Um, so and and the building was thought to be cursed, and all the people in Ghostbusters, you know, Ackroyd and Murray and um, fucking what's his fucking dick? What, not Egon? Winston. Yeah, Egon, what's his real name for fuck's sakes? Um, Harold Ramis. Harold Ramis. And they all are Second City guys. Mm -hmm. And they based Ghostbusters on how uh, the Hancock building is on a vortex, right? Um, Interesting. That's the building. But they switched it to New York because they wanted it to be a little sexier. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, I mean, there's probably a studio thing, but also, but that is the, there's so much stuff that goes on in the Hancock building that's, um, I don't know, I'm not the kind of person that believes in the supernatural, but if I were, um, mm. I would completely think that that building is built on a vortex. Um, I know that not the first- a little bit? Not even a little bit, no. Um, and <laughs> the first like month I worked there, uh, let me put it this way. How many times have you ever been stuck in an elevator? Never. Oh, my God. I've been stuck in an elevator five times, and all five were in the first month that I worked at the Hancock building. Holy shit. Because they have an underground parking, and um, so the wind blows in, and it blows up the elevator shafts, and it blows the elevator doors open just like you know, an inch mm -hmm. and, and it, like whether that's on the 95th floor or the third floor, it stops the elevator completely. Uh -huh. And so like by the fifth time that I was on there, that was the only time that I'd ever been on there with a lot of people. And they were like, Oh my God. Oh my God. I was like, <laughs> and I'd only been there like two weeks or whatever. And I was like, don't worry, this happens to me all the time. I know exactly what to do. Uh, <laughs> and like, I'm like you, you just you just need to calm down. Here's why the elevator stopped. They just need to find the door, and then like some poor fucker who doesn't get paid nearly enough needs to push it closed. You know. Mm -hmm. um, so this is the. And I'm on the 23rd floor. And I'm working at this sort of stepchild of FCB, the biggest ad agency in the world, um, at their biggest office mm -hmm. in the world, right, is Chicago's Hancock Building Office. And I work at FCBX, which is the experiential arm of FCB. And what I'm doing there is copywriting. But what I'm really doing is kind of like essentially – uh just being like a culture barometer like most of the 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 copy i did they were like this is too weird and esoteric like we can't use this but mm -hmm. then but i'd be like we can't do that that's very racist actually <laughs> you know like stuff of that nature yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah. it was like they kept me in there as the um well i'm really padding out this story um <laughs> but uh but like, what, you know, when I was a kid and I like got like all these tattoos um, uh -huh. on my arm, my mom was like, I need to come find you on tour. I mean, I was 18. And like when I got this like full sleeve of tattoos, people would like grab my wrist on the street and stop me to look at it because it was so unusual. Now, yeah. of course, everybody has tattoos like on their face and their dicks and shit, you know, so it's not <laughs> interesting. But like it's time it was crazy, I guess. And she was like, I, I'd rather you were a heroin junkie than uh, having these tattoos. 
because at least you can quit heroin. And I was like, okay, well, we can either never speak again or like you can totally change your mind about this. And uh, my mom being cool, uh-huh. completely changed her mind about this. And But when I first went and applied to this job, the woman was like, I've always wanted like a cool guy with a bunch of tattoos in the office. So and I was perfect. like, yeah. hot damn did i just get a job because i have tattoos mm-hmm. calling my mom right away and i'm like hey mom guess what um oops <laughs> exactly wrong uh <laughs> my first corporate job ever and i'm 33 and i've never worked in a fucking <laughs> like real place ever <laughs> the only reason i got the job is because i have tattoos anyway um so yeah that was my job i was basically like the culture broker there um, and I would also write uh, light copy uh, and mm-hmm. um, like social media stuff. And like I would write uh, uh, support the troops shit <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, um, in the uh, in, in the stadium where the Seahawks played, which because it was all sponsored by Boeing. Oh, OK, and, sure. Yeah. And mm. uh, which that had to be a thrill for Toby. It was, it, he loved it. Um, yeah. but it was, it was a, one of those things where I would kind of like to like try to sneak like misspellings shit into <laughs> her. Cause I mean, it's, it's my job and it doesn't matter. It's like if I don't do it, somebody else is going to. It's not like I'm taking down Boeing or like propping them up by doing this. It's like, I bet. Right. Yeah. I'm not positive, but. Tim, I would guess that nobody's ever been in a Seahawks game and been like, ooh, look at that simple phrase across the billboard there uh, about Boeing. I think I'll buy a Boeing plane. You know, like, like I don't think that's ever happened. So it's not really the kind of thing that, like, I, I didn't, while I felt culturally compromised in terms of, like, myself being, like, a pacifist and an anti-militarization dude. It, it was like, this is such a dumb, useless job that like nobody mm-hmm. fucking uh, should care about or does care about, to be honest. Right. That, that like, I'm not going to lose any sleep over doing it. It's right. It's not like Laura has, uh, Laura Jane Grace in her book has a, a moment of just, talking about playing the warp tour and seeing that the army is there like that is absolutely that's perfect example of the worst and that's yeah that's and and listen that's not laura's fault either right like like um of course yeah but at the same time you're involved i guess you're involved in a corporate organization and the military steps in uh like are you is like your head on the block a little bit i guess yeah for sure but like it's man i was working an ad agency and they Mm -hmm. were just like hey write some stuff for the seahawks and i was like okay and they're like it's about boeing and boeing's not even the fucking navy or the air force you know Uh But they uh-huh. do make war machines. In a way, they're probably worse. Uh, I, I don't. I don't fucking know. I can't parse all this shit. But the point that I'm trying to seed here is that, on a very basic level, disenfranchising to mm-hmm. me. You yeah. know, like it, it was like, man, this job is soulless, right? And so one day we're in a meeting. And we're in like the main conference room and, um, and something comes down the pipe, I think from CenturyLink, um, about Boeing and well, no, actually most of the shit I wrote was about CenturyLink. That's right. The, the cable company. Okay. Um, in Seattle. So this is, this is a little more, um, I was gonna say more Christian, but less Christian mm-hmm. or, um, moral, uh, <laughs> And uh, and um, and my boss was like, "Okay, Brendan, you need to get this done like yesterday." And I was like, 
all right, fine. And then the meeting ended and I was like, can I please just stay in here and do this when the next meeting came in? And they were like, yeah. I was like, I will not make a sound. I just like, I don't even have time to go back to my desk. Like I've got to get this done. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, the next meeting that came in, so exciting. It was the head of social media at FCB, mm-hmm. Chicago. Um, a lovely young woman whose name um, is escaping me right now, but she's great. Ironically, one of the first people to notice that Nihilist Arby's existed and asked me if I'd ever seen it. Uh-huh. And I was still like clandestine at that point. And I was like, Oh, I think I have seen All right. So she is, she's happening. She's got her finger on the pole. Oh yeah. 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 No, she, but, but so it's her and two executives from a pre-ground cornmeal company called pan P dot a dot N pronounced pan discussed as pan. Okay. Um, this is a Venezuelan cornmeal company and they're like, so, yeah, what we want to do is make pan the number one ground cornmeal in all America's kitchens, from the three-star Michelin restaurants to your grandma's kitchen. Over my and dead we, body. We want, we want it. Waylon in my grandma's kitchen. <laughs> and we want to do it using Twitter. And you could just see the life drain out of this poor woman's face. Um, I mean, I've, I've used this metaphor before, but I'm going to use it again. Trying to get America to embrace a pre-ground cornmeal ubiquitously is like via Twitter. Mm-hmm. It's like trying to land the space shuttle with a handful of Diet Coke. Like, it's just the wrong tool for the job, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it's, so, it's so fucked up. And, and she was like, okay, well, arepas are very popular with, like, food trucks and like, you know, like the hip chefs today, and uh-huh. those involve cornmeal. And they're like, I, Chicago. Yeah, and they're like, no, we don't want to hang our hat on the arepa. We want this to be more ubiquitous than that. And she's like, okay. Yeah, and, and so I didn't know this at the time, but apparently, from what I've heard subsequently, um... Venezuela is like the Ireland of South America in terms of how good the food is uh, in Uh that it's very bad. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, (laughs) so so when you you take away the part where it's the kind of food that people want to eat and you're just like Venezuelan cornmeal, it's like Uh everybody's like, no, I I think not actually. I, I don't know. I don't and, know what haggis is, but I don't think I want it. Yeah, well, that is uh North English, but anyway, and Scottish. Uh, Scottish and North English. Uh-huh. My parents lived in Dublin for three years. I other than corned beef and cabbage, I don't I don't know what the foods were. Yeah, you don't you, you don't eat when you're in Ireland. That's the thing. That's what uh, I learned. But, uh, but so, so she's just sitting there and I mean, at like a, like this, like ecclesiastical complete loss, you know what I mean? Just like, hey, this is the end of, of whatever I could fucking possibly, this is the end of my career. This is the end of my sanity. Uh, like there's no way. And I was like, Holy fuck. Can you imagine 
what it would be like to be this woman and have to actually run this pan account knowing full well that nobody's buying it. You know, like, it, like it, you would start to hate yourself. You would start to hate everything and you would stop believing in anything. I've already mm. stopped believing in most things just based <laughs> on having to do fucking copy work for CenturyLink and Boeing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And this is somehow worse yeah. than being part of the military-industrial complex. Like, this really sucks. And I, again... I'm trying to like hustle my ass through some sort of like copy sheet. <laughs> I'm not part of this meeting at all. Right. You know? And I'm like, Oh my God, I should start a Twitter account about this. I should call it like nihilist Arby's, but not that stupid. <laughs> and I was like, no. And my, uh, exactly that stupid. Yeah, my my uh, my mentor in advertising. He um, was an older guy. His name was Gregor. Can't remember his last name. I wish I could give him full credit. I don't think you're allowed to call him your mentor if you can't remember his last name. I can do whatever the fuck I please. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but the um, he. His last name was Samsa. He turned into a bug one day, and then that was it for him. Uh, <laughs> but um, he told me, like, one of the first days we worked together, and it was the first time I'd ever, like, I got that job, and I, I had no experience, and I didn't know what I was doing, and I'd lied my way into it, and uh-huh. he kind of knew. Like, he figured it out very quick, and he was, like, a freelance creative director, and he was my boss, you know? And he was like, hey, let me tell you a little something about advertising. You know when Yosemite Sam shoots the his six shooters up at the sky and the ducks fall dead behind him? Mm-hmm. That's how stupid it has to be, okay? Um, <laughs> he's like, never make it any smarter than that. Because okay? I was like trying to do like these things that were like too clever or whatever. And I was like, okay. And so I thought of that and i was like okay so nihilist arby's it is yeah uh-huh. and then you know i fucking went on twitter like right there completely put my century link task aside and uh wrote up some tweets and it, it was born so i guess when when you're first starting it it's is it all from like the perspective of this woman who's leading the meeting or how does it, cause I, I feel like you, it's got a real voice to it. The, well, the, the way it's not what it's supposed to be is a disenfranchised human being forced to say certain things and then forced to say other certain things based on what's going on in their lives, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, like their inability not to say them. Like, like when I first started and it started to get like really popular, like when it was really blowing up, I would get hundreds of people tweeting, not tweeting, even emailing me every day uh they were like here's a tweet you should use and nobody understood it like what everybody thought was that it was a sort of a a graph where like it's like death on this axis and sandwiches on this axis and it's like (laughs) that's not what it is at all it's about the malaise of corporate life as filtered through the most banal job that there could possibly be, <laughs> you know? And, yeah. and those are very, very different things. And nobody's really kind of ever picked up on that. I mean, I, I don't think I'm the funniest person in the world, 
I don't think I'm the funniest person that's a follower of Nihilist Arby's even. Uh, but uh-huh. I'm definitely the only person that I've ever seen read funny Nihilist Arby's tweet. <laughs> 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 you know? Now, you've, you've read books. I have. You, you know, we've, we've talked about Bulgakov, Camus, Dostoevsky. What do you think the, what do you think the existential outlook um, of Nihilist Darby, like, where does it, what's, who's its closest counterpart, literary counterpart, would you say? Um, I would say, like, Sartre. Right? Like, just like the sort of, like, I just look at stuff and nothing is important to me anymore. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, like, oh, look, the flowers, they're, they're dead to me. You know, like, that that kind of shit. Yeah. A- and um, it is... Because, I mean, that's the thing. It's, like, early on, I mean, there's, there's another chapter to, like, what happened with Nihilist Arby's that I think is, like, pretty interesting... Um, but like early on, like the tweets were like, and I was just about to like actually retweet this one because I think it's so funny. And I just, it just was like brought up in my head again, which was like, we're not locking the doors anymore because fuck it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Uh, like, uh, and, and like, that was like the style at, at, at the beginning. I mean, it was really like anarchy, nihilism, you know, and, and it was really fun. And then I had to mold it into something because I started running out of like sort of spontaneous ideas that I couldn't like, I needed a box if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I needed like a way to continue to be focused on what the project was. Um, And like at first it was just easy to just be like, eh, fuck it. Hey, we're jacking off of your food. Woo. I mean, I would never say something like that because like that's just periods and gross. And that's not like where Niles Darby's is at. But um, like I'm looking at one from early on and it's which rb sandwich most resembles liam neeson who cares he'll die soon and the earth will be eaten by the sun hashtag oscars that's a that's a brendan tweet yes that's not a that's not a nihilist arby's oh well it's in its current form i would say yeah yeah i mean nihilist arby's has evolved quite a bit like um or devolved. I don't know what you want to say. Um, it's evolved. <laughs> a lot of evolving going on. Yeah, a lot of evolving. But uh, but yeah, I mean, like it, it, it took a while, and now, like, you know. Okay, so anyway, I did this, and I did like 10, 15 tweets. I was tweeting like once every couple days like even mm-hmm. still there's not a lot of tweets on that account for how long it's been around definitely not um and um one day i um um went to lunch from said uh fcb office got stuck in the elevator no um hold on one second um and and, um okay um i i I got (laughs) my friend summer she (laughs) called me up and was like hey let's go to titties for lunch and what that meant was that we were going to go to uh, the Twisted Kilt, right? Like, it was like... The Tilted or the Kilt. Tilted Kilt, yeah. yeah. It was halfway between our offices, and Jesus we both thought it was hilarious. Uh-huh. Um, and, 
And he, it's so funny. Like, if you go to the Tilted Kilt with a woman, mm-hmm. they, like, sit you in the corner, and they give you the woman that's wearing, like, the full, like, oversized T-shirt as the waitress. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, there, you know, don't waste your time uh, <laughs> trying to suck money out of this mark <laughs> oh my god that's so funny because one thing that i that i always hear is that when um when women go to strip clubs like dancers love it uh, yeah and you'd think that 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 rule would apply to, at the tilted kilt but it doesn't it would not apply to tilted kilt uh <laughs> it does not apply to tilted kilt uh but so so i'm i'm at, I'm at titties with summer mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I fucking walk out to go back to work and I check my phone and this is like I still had at the time I still got like Twitter notifications on my phone and it was like 15,000 notifications and I was like well even if my mom died I don't think I'd have this <laughs> many things going on I'm like what's happening and it turns out that uh, John Darnell of uh, the Mountain Goats yeah. had come across this tiny little account and retweeted like nine tweets. And like next thing you know, I've got 12,000 followers. And once there's 12,000 followers, it's like it's, it's, your, it's yours to build or burn. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and uh, I mean, now what? It's like 399,000 or something like that. Something like 96. That. Yeah. It's close to 400,000. Yeah. And, and like, but it was like, it was a crazy thing to like just like walk out of titties and be like, okay, bye, Summer. I, 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 I've got to check this. I don't know what's going on. And, oh. <laughs> you know, <laughs> And then I I see it's fucking homeboy from the mountain. And what's funny is he follows me now on Twitter and didn't know I was the guy from Niles Arby's. Uh-huh. And I tweeted him one day and just I think I was like half drunk and I was just like listening to um, the best ever death metal band out of Denton, you know, and and just like and I was just like, please never stop doing what you're doing. I I think you're just so awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. For what it's worth, I'm the Nihilist Arby's guy, just so you don't, like... Uh, if, if, that, if, that, if that gives you, like, any, like uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know, you know, it's like when you're kind of, like, starstruck, you're like, well, no, I, I'm significant as well. Right, you know, right. like, I, I was just, like, kind of, like, flailing for... And he was extraordinarily gracious and, uh, and cool and... Uh, and he was like, I had no idea. But he he he's the real nihilist Arby's man. Like he, he's Dude, the one he's that, got nihilist Arby's in his blood. He 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 launched that shit. Yeah. And, uh, and then from there it was a fucking wild ride. I mean, like that was like from then on, everything changed so significantly which is a funny thing to say because it's like you hear that from like jordan knight of new kids on the block when Uh he talks about like how the right stuff took off or whatever um Mm -hmm. you know i never made any money from that well that's not really entirely true but like it's not like this was like a lifestyle changer for me Mm -hmm. you know it's it's um helped me to get a few jobs and stuff like that but like it wasn't like and now you're rich right you know it was just more like and now your obscure sub persona is more famous than you (laughs) (laughs) you know so like i you know i've said this in many many interviews and i'd be absolutely an asshole not to say it in this one I wish anything I ever cared about got half as much attention paid to it as this dumb one-off joke. (laughs) So um, 
tell me about like how does it is it ad week does the article on you or did you do the video for av club first like wh when does it become like, public uh, that you're ad week and adage both did articles about nihilist arby's once it became uh public knowledge that i was getting better um engagement engagement thank you mm. um i was getting better who's the social media expert here tim uh <laughs> yeah well i was getting better engagement than the actual arby's right mm -hmm. and so all of a sudden people were like this fucking you know <laughs> bullshit ass clown is totally clowning arby's right, what, what do you think you know and, and and like and there's articles and and they were everywhere dude i mean it was houston chronicle san francisco sun uh i, I don't know if these are actual names of papers uh <laughs> you know uh the, like there was a headline in it well that's later on uh, so I'll, I'm going to save that, but like, no, San Francisco Chronicle. Anyway, who cares? Uh, like, um, LA times, Chicago Tribune, like, uh, just makes, it just makes the rounds it, in that way that like little, little news stories, every, every fucking where. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and then. I, I, and then, you know, ad week and ad age and ad week. There's a dude there, a great journalist named Chris Hine, who I only know through this and I've only met via email. Mm -hmm. Hits me up one day while I'm working at the, uh, at the ad agency. And he's like, I think you're nihilist Arby's. <laughs> And I was like, and to be honest, I was a little frightened because like, it's like all my, <laughs> like even my best friends didn't know it was me. Uh-huh. I'd never told anyone. Well, you told me. Well, it, well yeah, you, of course. Your other yes. best friends. <laughs> yeah. My lesser, less, less friends. Uh, yeah. Um, but, and I was like, what makes you think that? And uh, this this whole thing is. I love that this guy is like it's it's like he found deep throat. Yeah, yeah, nah, but I mean, for advertising, like for ad age, he did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> like I was like the there's a period of time where I was like the most important advertiser <laughs> in American QSR. Fucking advertising. QSR being quick service restaurant. Um, Good food quickly. Um, and and so I so I was like, "What do you mean?" And he was like, "What you don't want to talk?" And I was like, "Um." I'm really wildly paraphrasing this because it probably makes him sound less cool and me sound more cool in my paraphrase. So I just like to say that out front. Um, I, picture, picture him being cooler and me being less cool. Uh, uh -huh. and, uh, and I was like, no, man, I actually am really impressed you found me. And he's like, would you like to do a profile? for ad week and i was like well i mean my thought was he's found me he's going to do a profile on who i am one way or the other right, right. i should probably be part of it uh and especially yeah. like just you, there's enough information on you out there for him to make a story out of it. He can just, you know, go through your credentials and be like, yeah, hey, isn't this wild? And 
yeah, declined well, to comment. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, like, I wasn't trying to be a declined to comment type of guy. And like, I'd already done that video for AV Club, which was mm-hmm. fun. I did that with Nick, who's the other uh, wandering bird, mm-hmm. you know, and um, and that was great. And I remember I sent that to David Anthony, um, our mutual friend. Friend of the show. And and he was like, I don't know what to do with this. I can't pretend I don't know who you are. And I was like to me all the time too. And I was like, No, 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 no. You you can say it's me. Uh-huh. Just say you don't know what this is. <laughs> like I'm <laughs> comfortable being named uh-huh. anyway I mean the marketing campaign which I'm finger quoting heavily <laughs> behind Nihilist Arby's was a uh, slap dick at best um, and, and, and so <laughs> anyway like once it got for to- a moment of irony like it's just so funny. <laughs> you couldn't make a good ad campaign out of it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, but but so fucking. <laughs> but so I, I um I agreed to the interview, Chris Hine. And um, and he wrote an unbelievably kind piece about me. It was like four pages in Adweek, and oh, the wow. the headline was like the copywriting genius behind nihilist Arby's finally reveals himself. Some shit like that, right? Like that, that's not exactly what it was, but meet the twisted, brilliant copywriter behind. Twitter's nihilist Arby's. Yeah. Okay. There you go. And that counted. That story is locked. Premium accounts only. Come on. Come on. And and I was on vacation at my wife's parents' house in Colorado when that came out, and my boss at FCB called me. I was like, "What is this?" Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, I don't know, it's just like a funny joke that I did. I, you know, it's just like, ha 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 ha. ha. <laughs> she was like, uh, no, this is very bad. This is very bad. This is hmm. bad. Um, they sent you an NDA or, or no, a cease and desist. And I was like, no, they never sent me a cease and desist. Like, it's, I, I don't know what mm-hmm. you're talking about. And she's like, okay, well, okay, this is totally fucked. I don't believe you've done this to me, like, kind of shit. And mm-hmm. and and then I hung up the phone being like, wow, it is fucking weird to work in an ad agency and get a four-page article where you're heralded as a genius. <laughs> And your boss <laughs> threatens to fire you because of it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Uh, so then, um, the whole thing went on, and that same day, HR of uh, Global FCB called. This is obviously fun listening. Um, but uh, like, I promise I'll try to get through this as fast as possible. The global HR person called me and was like, okay, so you can just never mention this again. Uh-huh. And I was like, uh-huh. And while she's on the phone with me, I'm sitting with my laptop open. Like I am now to talk to you. And on Twitter, it's like FCB global uh, congratulations to Brendan Kelly for this awesome article in Adweek. <laughs> and I was like, well, they, I think this literal CEO of the global company just tweeted out 
uh, a good thing about it. Like literally just now, and she's like, okay, we'll have to put a stop to that. And it, like, if that doesn't give you an idea of how fucking toxic corporate America or like global mm-hmm. corporatism is, mm-hmm. um, uh, let me tell you something. Uh, toxic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. So then I go back to work and, and like I walk in and everybody's kind of like, it's like Teen Wolf, the movie. Where uh-huh. Everybody's kind of like a little bit scared, but a little bit like, hey, you, the guy. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. like nobody wanted to actually talk to me or anything, but <laughs> they're like, Oh, I, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're the wolf. All right. Yeah. You did that. You did that thing. Cool. All right. And it, and it was like, and then my boss was like, you've got to take FCB's name out of this article right away. And so I hit up Chris Hine. And this is what makes him somebody that I'm like saying by name. And, mm-hmm. uh, like give it real shit about it. He's like, that's not how journalists work. Once you say something, it's on the record. We are the record, mm-hmm. but you broke this story to me. And if you're going to get fired because of this, I will take it out. But let me tell you something. If you get fired, I'll write an article about that too. Yeah. And oh, I was yeah. like, dog, you are mm-hmm. the best and uh i still consider him to be my favorite um advertising tech guru journalist uh, <laughs> 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 um, but but yeah so at that point shit was running fairly wild um and then the that's when, like, around then is when I figured out the template that's what you think of now when you think of Nihilist Arby's, which is da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, eat Arby's, or please mm-hmm. continue to enjoy Arby's, mm-hmm. right? And there was some... God, I wish I could remember what it was, but there's literally no chance I will be able to. Uh, This front page of the Washington Post, main headline, Mm -hmm. like the top headline of the Washington Post, the one that's like in the huge, like 35 font size letters. Uh And it was something like, you know, this person does this thing, eat Arby's. And I was like, holy fucking shit. Like, I've somehow pervaded, like, the mega culture. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like... It, Insane. It, it, it was... I, I, I was just sitting there and I was kind of just like, because, you know, I was like myopically probably just like clicking through like Nihilist. Like you can just like click on it and go through a bunch of like Google searches and just mm-hmm. see where. And this was when people were writing about it. Like I haven't done that in something years and years and years. But at the time, I was interested because it was like blowing up at such a rapid pace. Mm-hmm. And I saw that and I was like, Dude, my shit is in the headline of the Washington Post. Wow. It's just fucking, I mean, it's stupid. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. Like, I I don't want anybody out there to get it twisted. I know how stupid this whole thing is. But, like, it's... The BC Boys wanted to be a hardcore band. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, I, I wanted. Exactly I wanted. What you mean? 
I wanted to be in a punk band. Instead, I'm a fucking internet guru. <laughs> We're gonna take a break, and we will be right back. So how does how does the cease and desist uh, settle out? How do you, how do you and and Arby's official become chummy? There was never a cease and desist. Um, my boss was like an older uh, woman who just assumed that there was going to be a cease and desist <laughs> because she didn't really understand Twitter and didn't really understand like the entire mechanization of what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like, so you got a C and D, right? And I was like, no, never. Mm-hmm. She's like, well, this is still very bad. And, um, and, then, and then she was like, and here's the thing. I never want to hear the word Arby's in our office again. Okay. And fine, whatever, until three days later, Arby shows up at our office with a bunch of sandwiches for the whole office. And, and I'm like, and, and the receptionist, receptionist, the executive assistant, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I apologize, Heidi. Um, the executive assistant is um, like, um, you have a guest? I'm like, I have a guest? Mm-hmm. She's like, it's Arby's? And I'm like, oh, fuck. Okay. Because <laughs> I've just been told that like Arby's is never allowed to be said in this fucking office again. Mm-hmm. Like, go downstairs and they're down there and it's like the head of like the marketing for Arby's. I mean, it's not like low, it, it's like top brass people. And I was like, yo, Hey, hi. Yep. That's me. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm the guy that's been weirding out your feed. Mm-hmm. You, you know, and, and they, they, and they were all like to the last, like, so chill about, I mean, not chill about it, but even like, dude, we love what you do. Like, it, it, like it's it's like, I think you're <laughs> doing a better job than we are. You know, yeah. like this is great. And um, although, I mean, I don't think they'd say that on record. On record, yeah. they're doing a better job than I did uh, or do. Uh, <laughs> you know, but but I was like, you guys doing in Chicago? They're like. Cause the guy was like, I'm the, I'm the head of marketing. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what are you doing here? And he was like, I'm here to see you, man. I was like, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, Holy fucking shit. Like I've got like an Arby's top executive, like in the fucking lobby of the, uh, fucking Hancock building. A Hancock building, like, just like, bring me a fucking couple bags of sandwich. And I was like, here's the thing. I can't let you guys upstairs. My boss has said that she's like, we can't say the word Arby's. And they have like 20 sandwiches. I mean, how lame is this? But the other thing they had, which Mm -hmm. I know you know, is two things. They had a note on Arby stationery that said, Hey man, life's not so bad. There's still sandwiches and puppies. Mm-hmm. And it was like on the official Arby stationery. And I still have that somewhere. And a little puppy that was like a, um, like, what do you call that? Like a, a, a therapy dog. Mm-hmm. 
you know, mm-hmm. for people that were terribly depressed, like you get a puppy to hug, yeah. right? <laughs> and so they brought me, and and the puppy was cute as shit and so huggable. And I hugged the shit out of that puppy. Oh my god! And 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 like, but I'm doing all this in the fucking lobby of the Hancock building with the full understanding that like my boss is just not cool enough to understand how awesome this entire thing is. Uh-huh. And my, the company I work for is not cool enough to understand how cool this entire thing is. And, and absolutely has no desire to parlay it into an extraordinarily lucrative campaign between Arby's and the biggest ad agency in the world. Like, it, it's just like, you fucking morons. It's like, you know what? I don't know shit about advertising, but I do know that when somebody gets called a genius in a four-page article on Ad Week and then Arby's shows up at their office, you probably take the call. You know, like, it's like, uh, uh, like unreal. It is, it is so fucking unreal, Tim. And here's the thing. I can't stress this enough. I am not an advertising genius. I don't really know what I'm doing. And like, I have like in the various positions I've been in since this, I have seen it with, painful clarity that like there's a lot of people out there that are way better at this than me uh-huh. I mean like the dude that I work for Liquid Death right now is mm-hmm. that guy is like a fucking samurai like he's a genius mm-hmm. and like I watch what he does and he's like hey just write this for me and I'm like ah good at this thank you (laughs) it's like me asking my son to just like drive my daughter home (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) so yeah it might work out but Uh (laughs) yeah i mean like that's that's an account that they give you and then a bunch of other people who are good at actually crafting what you're doing into I mean you're you you would have been set. That commish? Well, the thing is, well yeah, but the 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 company I worked for was too I'll say it straight up, too cowardly to go there at all. Yeah. You absolutely. know, like it, and, and and so, and also, they waited about two months until there was like a plausible deniability, and then I was fired. Whoa. Uh, um, and, uh, and their reasoning was just, I had always been technically freelance. Uh-huh. And that was the coolest part of that job was that I had like a, kind of ridiculous hourly rate and i had that work mm-hmm. tuesday wednesday thursday <laughs> that was it yeah and uh so when i got looks. fired i mean there wasn't a lot of room for me to be like why because uh-huh. <laughs> like you know like you i was to keep you on yeah mm-hmm. totally and 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 so then um At that point, I'm taking my daughter to school. This dude walks up to me and he goes, Well, that's a good job, though. You get paid to do that? Take my daughter to school? Yeah. No, I... Sorry, I mis- misinterpreted. I don't, I don't videotape that stuff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, Happy birthday. But this dude comes up to me when I'm, like, walking... My daughter's school. Well, I've taken her to school. My son and my daughter, I guess. Uh-huh. My son was there too. I don't know why I'm leaving him out. <laughs> He's driving the car. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. We're walking. We're walking. Um, and this dude comes up to me and goes, Hey, are you the nihilist Arby's guy? 
And I was like, I am. And he's like, no shit. And I was like, well, I mean, that that's 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 the answer I have. I am, <laughs> you know. Uh, and um, and he was like, I work at the Onion. Have you ever heard of the Onion? And I was like, Yeah, I've heard of the Onion. Yeah. And like in my head, I'm like, Dude, I don't give a fuck how long you've been working at the Onion. Um, I have been hearing of the onion before you knew what the fucking onion was. I, I promise you, you know, and, uh, and he, um, was like, would you ever like to come see the office? I was like, yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and he was, he's like, I think we'd like to give you a job. And I was like, yeah, word. I, that sounds great. You know, and it, and it was, I can't express how exciting that yeah. is. Yeah, totally. You it's know, like working for Mad Magazine. It, totally like working for Mad Magazine. 100%. Great analogy. Um, And, and so, you know, I go down, meet the CEO or whatever. Talk to a few people, get interviewed by the team I'd be on. Come back. I had to do like three or four interviews. And then I see Kurt, who's that other dad from Drop Off. Uh-huh. And he's like, oh, shit, I didn't realize you were famous and you'd already been down to the Onion <laughs> fucking <laughs> several times. Uh I thought that I was like impressing you with like going down to the onion offices. And I was like, it's still very impressive to me. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. <laughs> it was just funny. He was just like, God damn it. I thought I was blowing your mind. <laughs> and I had just been down like, you know, two months before with David Anthony to like house an Arby sandwich. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That video is so fucking funny. Mm. so gross also um so we're out of time at this point um there's some more stuff that i want to ask you about this aspect but um i think that those questions can kind of go into our uh our randomizer for a we are the champions of the world episode where we just talk about a bunch of random shit that's terrific um yeah, I mean, there's more to say about it, but at this, ultimately, Tim, it's one dumb joke <laughs> done over and over and over and over again that I just happen to be stupid enough to craft. Uh, it's very. That's what happens when you when you sit on a vortex. Mm. The wind just blows your way. Sweeps you yeah. up sometimes. Goddamn right. This is our podcast. It's called Road to the Skeleton Coast. His name is Brendan, and he's my best friend. We invite you to come back next week, tell a friend about the show, say, hey, Brendan Kelly from the Lawrence Arms and the Falcon and the Wandering Birds and the Broadways and Slapstick and nihilist arby's has a podcast and uh what's cool is that it's it's with uh it's with tim we have a patreon patreon.com slash better sandwich uh you can pledge over there throw us a couple bucks a month uh just to help keep doing what we're doing we talk about some other fun stuff over there we have calls and shit like that thank you so much we'll be back next week we look forward to it. We'll see you then. Thank you, friends. Bye, everybody.